Hello, I am Brian Foster, and today we're talking about Spiritism, and we're going to have a, one of our regular Monday questions and answers about Spiritism. Before I begin, let us have a prayer. Dear Jesus, please open our eyes, our hearts, and our minds, and allow us to receive inspiration from, from Jesus Christ, from you, from God, and from the spirits you sent to help us. Please help us know who we are, how to improve, and how to become a more loving and kind person so that we can follow our true path, our true destiny to one day be become a perfect spirit in heaven. Amen. So what, uh, if you have any questions, please put them in the comments. I will ask them, uh, answer them, I should say, as well as I can. And before I begin, I would like if anyone's interested in Spiritism, to go to my blog and you can download for free Spiritism 101, the third revelation. It's on PDF. It's also in French and it's also in, uh, it's in Kindle, paperback and audible if you so choose. I also have the Spirits book right here by Alan Kardec, codified by Alan Kardec. And all his books, and here's the three main ones I would recommend people, the Spirits book, the Mediums book, and the Gospel according to Spiritism. It gives you a lot of the, it fleshes out what Jesus really meant by the parables and other things that, that was recorded in the New Testament. You can find all of, all of Kardec's books on PDF for free. Now, also on my, on my blog, nwspiritism.com, you can click on his picture on the right-hand navigation bar. You, it'll take you to a Spiritist bookstore, and you can find his books. And actually, I believe the books by Kardec are actually less expensive than if you bought them on Amazon. But you can buy them on Amazon also. But you can certainly get the books on PDF for free. Just type in Alan Kardec space PDF, and you'll find his books uh, in that format. Okay. So let us let us start. If, any, if there's not any questions, I will start from what people have asked me uh, previously. So what I like to tell people is that when, if you're not able to make uh, my program, is to in your comment section write uh, uh, write write questions that you may have, and I will try to answer them, and then you can watch my next Monday night live stream or you know, after the fact on YouTube. I also have it on BitChute and Rumble for, for those. So if, I, if I'm ever taken off of YouTube, uh, you can find me on BitChute and Rumble. Go to my nwspiritism.com and you'll find links to uh, both those sites. Okay, here's the first question. Now, if you have any other questions, please uh, type them in. I would like to know what happens to souls that are extremely evil, such as Hitler. Where do they go and how do they redeem? So the first thing to remember is that someday we will all be pure spirits. What does that mean? That we'll all work through our own trials and tribulations and we will pay for our past deeds. Now you take someone like Stalin, and Mao, uh, and Castro, people like that, the, the leaders of North Korea, they have a lot to pay for. So let me give you some examples of people who are like them and what happened to them. Ivan the Terrible, and this was in one of the books uh, psychographed by Yvonne Piera, 
and Ivan the Terrible was, was terrible. It's called, it's called terrible for a reason. He uh, he actually killed his own son. So not a nice person. And he was the czar of, of Russia. He reincarnated as a, he was like all alone in his house. And he was helped by this poor servant of his. But he had this terrible skin disease, just horrible. He was in constant pain his whole life. Now, how many lives does one have to go through in order to pay off such debts? I am not sure. I'll give you another example. Mussolini. Mussolini was incarnated and uh, he was found. A, a person was helping Chico Xavier. They went to visit a hospital for people with severe disabilities. And he's and Chico Xavier said, you know who that is? And he looked at this, this man, and he was severely disabled. He could, he could only, like, walk backwards. He could barely understand, barely talk, um, just not in good shape. He goes, no. He goes, well, that's Mussolini. So here's Mussolini incarnated in just not um, in a healthy body, in an hour of healthy mind. But Chico said, Chico said, now, the reason he's in such, you know, in, in closed uh, shape and the fact that he can't think very well isn't so much to punish him, it's to keep him hidden from all the spirits that want to punish him, that want to obsess him. Because people like Mussolini had collected, I'm sure, a lot of, spirits around them that were that wanted revenge and didn't didn't you know didn't know enough weren't spiritually moral enough to know that to let Jesus and God create trials and tribulation for them to find out how to become a better person so they reincarnated him as that they probably what they did is he's probably being uh, completely uh, uh, tortured in the lower zones and so therefore they took him out of there just to give him a respite but he will go through his trials and tribulations. Let me give you another example. The uh, Emperor Nero. This was a book written at the end of the 19th century. He was locked in one of the, in purgatory, but you know, many people called hell, but there is no such thing as hell uh, in spiritism. There's only eternal punishment. But the spirits there who are locked in that place by the law of affinity, they are with other people like them. They they believe it's eternal, and that's but it's not. When they start changing their character and attitude, people will come and help them out. But Nero, this spirit went to uh, one of these cities. It was kind of like a, a decrepit Rome, and he saw the leader of that, who was an emperor. Now he wouldn't say who the emperor was of that city, but he was a past Roman emperor. But, but he, they wouldn't tell him who he was. But they did say, because he said, was that Nero? He goes, no. He goes, Nero is his slave, and he tortures Nero all the time. So he made Nero like in the, uh, you know, his personal bodyguard, or I don't, not bodyguard, but personal slave, and just treated him horribly. So if you think about when Nero was done, I forgot what uh, A.D. that was, probably what, 50, 60 A.D.? I'm probably off but so at least you know almost 2,000 years give or take 100 150 years poor Nero has been in this 
the dark abyss, as Spiritism calls purgatory. I've also read where, you know, famous Roman generals who conquered, you know, whole tribes and countries and enslaved thousands spent their next life in the, the slums of Rome begging in, in, in horrible condition. You know, so this is the wheel, right? This is the, the, the wheel of reincarnation. You're on the top, sometimes you're on the side, and sometimes you're back on the bottom. And so, and that's why having power, having power is like one of the, being rich and powerful is, is one of the hardest trials. In fact, spirits say that is the hardest trial on earth for you to go through because absolute power corrupts absolutely, as they say. And you can be a, a horrible person. Everyone will still do whatever you say because you have power and wealth. The other thing I heard about uh, Hitler was the fact that he was in, uh, that Gandhi, the famous, the, the Gandhi, um, the famous person who helped India achieve independence through peaceful means, interceded for Hitler and said, look, you know, he's being tortured all the time. He's probably, it was probably in some era, area. And so what I heard, and this is, you know, I don't know this for sure, but he was sent to another planet and said, you cannot come back to Earth for a thousand years. Hopefully that will erase everyone's memory of, of what, he, uh, what he'd done. And probably the same thing will happen to Mao and Stalin because they killed just millions and millions of people. Uh, they were, uh, those three were in a class by themselves, I believe. But so, the main, so what, where do they go? Well, they'll go into the lower sections of Earth or they'll go to other planets. They'll go to primitive planets. They'll go to backward planets where they'll have to kind of start up the whole ladder again. They don't become primitive spirits because you don't retrogress, but you'll go to a primitive planet and have to live amongst a more primitive civilization. And one of your uh, tasks there is to help them grow as a civilization. And so how do they redeem? They redeem through life after life, and then you get back on the right road because the spirits who are so brilliant know how to create your trials and tribulations so that you learn the lessons you need to learn. Uh, another example, a, a woman who was a queen of Spain, and I think she probably was instrumental in sending quite a few people to the Spanish Inquisition who you know, tortured people and robbed people. They were a horrible organization. That she went through a couple of lives and she said she still didn't feel that she had paid off her debt. So she spent one whole life, again, severely disabled, bedridden, her whole life in, in pain. And uh, so this was how she, now again, this is not the spirit world saying, oh, you have to be punished. So this is, this is what happens are spirits who do these bad things. They feel terrible about them. And once they, as they go higher and higher in heaven and they try to, the pain just hits them when they do wrong things that they want to pay off that debt. And it's just like, it's just like they have to pay off the debt so they forgive themselves and then they get the forgiveness of God, right, and of Jesus. But they have to forgive. 
you have to forgive yourself first for what you've done horribly so that you that then you can redeem yourself and then you'll be you'll be forgiven by uh, God and Jesus so that's important I'll give you another uh, another a famous one uh, Judas who who, uh, who betrayed Christ and you know the more I read about Judas I, I do feel sorry for him because here's an apostle and who sees Christ do all these wonderful things and has this immense power. And if you look at the culture of the time and what and what the Jews thought a, a Messiah would bring, the Messiah would come there and have a, a sword and make the Romans go away and, and you know get back to the kingdom of David where they were a, a power in the region. And so, I mean, I understand that. Uh, it's still wrong what he did, but Judas felt terrible and that's why he hanged himself and, and when christ was on the cross he he was the spirits literature says that he asked about judas because he was very worried about him and he knew when judas volunteered to be an apostle and his judas's friend said i don't know if you're ready for that yet but he wanted to anyway but jesus is so high spirit he knew what was going to happen that was part of the the plan but judas redeemed himself because he became joan of arc and of course, you know, Joan of Arc was burned. Uh, and so imagine that pain that he that he went through or she went through. And again, it shows you come back as either sex. So everyone will redeem themselves. It may take a long time. And, you know, it's not like you got to redeem yourself, you know, each time for each person you killed, most probably, I would say, because that could take millions of years. But I would say that um, they will redeem themselves and they will go through harsh trials. And um, I think, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't hate these people who we think as of evil. We should feel sorry for them, for them and pray for their eventual recognition and hope for the best because they will they will become better people one day and in fact i read a lot about when they when spirits go into these lower cities and and where these like warlords in charge of cities and they treat slaves horribly and all that but they're very you know they're very focused and definite and have a lot of willpower you know not for the good but they have a lot of willpower and the spirits will say you know when that person turns towards the good they are going to be they're going to rise fast in heaven because they have focus and they know what they want and when they when they temper all that energy with goodness and love and charity and fraternity it they'll that energy will be channeled for the good so i think that's important to remember and the, the last thing i want to say about this is is that we've all done horrible things. Um, maybe not everyone on it. Maybe there's been someone who's been a primitive spirit that hasn't done terrible things, but I think the probability is is almost nil. So we all have, we've all been there. And that's part of forgiveness is how to exercise your forgiveness is to know that, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be best buddies with people you forgive. You know, you don't have to go, go out to dinner with Stalin, right? But what you can say is you can forgive 
and you can say look that just you know that was a hard test you failed it miserably unfortunately you're gonna have you're gonna have to go through a lot of atonement for that and uh but know that one day they'll become a better person okay uh, again if anybody has any questions i'll continue on to these unless someone has anything written because i'll i'll keep these uh questions on the screen and i will um bring them up if i don't get to them on another on another day okay let me mark that one i finished okay okay question two in your book you reference the reference you've owned quite often who was he so i reference Jival in quite a few books i believe the one this person is talking about is the spirit realm let me bring that up is the spirit realm spiritualism has revealed the reality of our existence and that's my book where i kind of bring everything i've written and everything i've read and i, I try to explain exactly what the spirit realm is what the physical realm it's a subset of the spirit realm and of course there's many dimensions and other universes within that and i talk about your capabilities as spirit uh, your attributes as spirit who is jesus christ who is uh God as, as well as we can understand, which we really can't understand him. And then your future, how we're guided, how we can become better. I also talk a lot about and quote Reverend G. Vowell from other spirits in my series of three books, Heaven and Below, book one of Spiritism, uh, Spirits and Spirit Universe, book two, and how we are guided by spirits, book three, which if you read the spirit realm, and then you can go greater in depth in those series of three books. And of course, I have other books too. So who was Reverend Steve Owen? So he was a reverend at, and he he um, was a Episcopalian, a vicar. And when, around the beginning of the 20th century, around 1910, he started having thinking that he had messages, and he wrote. He was very poor, right? He had a family, never had any money, right? Because the vicars didn't make hardly anything. But he felt he had messages, but he didn't trust himself. And he said that, you know, well, many people think that, you know, reverends are, you know, we'll just think anybody talks to us, but no, we're very suspicious of hearing voices or, or whatever. So he said it took him 10 years before he felt that he was actually receiving true communication. And what, what sets him a little bit different than what you see from a lot of other uh, spiritist mediums. He never actually said he was a spirit. He said he was a spiritualist, but um, but everything has corresponds to spiritism. In fact, I found the Reverend Chivalon when my wife was reading a book called Voltaire, and it's still not in English. And she had this book called Voltaire, and she goes, look, it's almost at the end of the book. I forgot what page. He goes, here's a list of people who went to a spiritist party. And I, and, and I wasn't paying attention to her. And, she go, and then she goes, look, right? She so grabbed my attention. And so I knew it was serious, right? And so I looked at, and it was all, you know, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese names, except Reverend Chief Alon. I go, well, who's this guy? That's not a regular name I'm, you know, seeing 
or you know, French names too, but here was the English name, Reverend G. Val Owen. So I looked him up and he had written uh, Beyond the Veil, actually it's a series of four books within that, and some other books, Paul and Albert, great books. Um, and so, and they all look like little vignettes when he's talked to a series of like his mother, um, other spirits, pretty high spirits, like in the 10th level of heaven. Uh, that's how they, they numbered it. Some people say there's three, some people there's seven, but these are levels of heavens around the earth. And what put, makes him different than, I believe, the other spiritist authors I've read who have been translated either from Spanish or Portuguese to English is they really talk about the higher levels of heaven. You read a lot of interesting and wonderful things from Chico Xavier about on earth and how spirits help us on earth and the lower levels of heaven. But G. Owen spirits really started talking about the higher levels, how people are educated, how universities work, how schools work. Just fascinating information. And so that's why I really try to emphasize that with my series of three books, because most of that I kind of group in of what Reverend G. Val Owen was uh, communicated to by spirits. And then I try to interpret it and say, okay, this is what it means. And then I take other information from Chico Xavier, Devaldo Franco, Joanna DeAngelis, another wonderful spirit. If you ever read her books, they're psychographed by Devaldo Franco. Uh, Devaldo Franco is a Portuguese medium. He's still a Brazilian medium. He's he's still alive. Chico Xavier uh, passed away in 2002, I believe. Chico Xavier is just a wonderful, a wonderful medium. What a, a person he was. He had every mediumistic talent you could count. So that who that's who is Reverend G. Owen. And in fact, when uh, a newspaper wanted to serialize what he had written. They offered him money. He said, no, no, I'm not taking any money. And it was like he really needed the money. And in fact, the Church of England threw him out of the church because of what he wrote about reincarnation and the spirits. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, approved by the Church of England, the Episcopalian Church, as we call it in the United States. So, H.G. Wells, the famous author, got a subscription for him, and he got a lot of money. He made like a trust fund for the Reverend G. Val Owen so he and his family could survive and live a decent life. So that's who the Reverend G. Val Owen was, a wonderful person. And then, of course, in the book, will tell you, I don't know when it was written, but I probably saw the book 2004 to uh, eight or something like that i can't remember and that's when i discovered him i've been you know i've read reread his books quite a few times there's always something that's one good thing about the spiritist book is you can read them you always find some other little gem because when the spirits communicate to us they write very succinctly and you really have to look beyond what they wrote and look at the ramifications of, of what they meant right it's because even if you read the like, Nosolari, they talk about the book by Andre, uh, by the spirit Andre Louis, Sakura Pachika Xavier. They, when they talk about the organization of the city of Nosolari, like there's waterworks, there's 
there's a police force, a, a defense force around the city. Not that there's any crime, but there is so low and low levels of heavens that other spirits come and maybe try to get in. So it's just, it, and the more you analyze the processes and procedures and the organization of the spirit world, it, it opens up so much to you. And you start to understand, okay, why we are here. It's just fascinating. Okay, so I hope I answered that for uh, for the people. So if, again, if there's any other questions, don't let me just reading these questions stop you because I, I will carry on with these uh, later. Okay. If not, I will do the next one. It seems to me that spiritism veers one's thought to a personal progress regardless of one's situation or environment, not worrying about what others do. Should we encourage others or is our example enough to progress? And that's a great question. Um, and I, this is what I say is that in order to help others progress, in order to help our culture and our society progress, we first need to work on ourselves. And I know that people, you know, they'll read one book and I, 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 I'm no different thinking that we know everything and that we'll want to, spread the word but i it's looking back at myself as as a as a, a bad example that i really needed to to not just read and intellectually understand what i what i read in the spirits book and other other spiritism books but then to feel it on a deep emotional level and I'm sure some people can feel it at a deep emotional level faster than, than I did. But if you can internalize the need for forgiveness, and uh, not that I'm perfect again, but at least that you know that this is what you have to work on. You have to work on rewiring your, your brain and try to be calm when people are immature and, and um, say and do stupid things. You know, it, If you can start approaching that, not that you have to be there, and then I would say, Yes, then you should encourage other give you know be charitable, fraternal. It, it, it spiritism doesn't isn't the type that will go on the street corner and hold the Bible up and preach that you you know you need to be saved or you're going to go to the burning place. No, what spiritism does and is they say that try to present here's some information if you're interested like like I do with friends. I had one friend. And I, you know, in conversation, I say, well, you know, that probably something in the past life. And I, I give these little hints. And if they just ignore me and, and I know that they'll want to talk about it, uh, then I drop it. Right. I don't push it. I don't push it on anybody. But then I had another friend. Uh, actually, he was a, a boss of mine, you know, job. And I was telling him about what I went through in spiritism. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I believe in all that. I believe in the spirits because because my dad, <laughs> my dad was a. Uh, a soldier in World War II. In fact, he escaped from Poland after uh, the uh, Blitzkrieg in 1939, went to England and be, was in the Polish army, right? There was a Polish division, I think maybe several, I can't remember. He goes, what happened with my father, because you never know who you talk to, right? It, like I thought, oh, he'd just blow me off. So, you, you, you know, you kind of hit and then you see, and if they're interested, then talk more. So here's the guy I thought, well, you know, nothing happened but then he said yes he goes my father uh when his in his troop you know, like he was like a 
private or corporal or something. He goes, he would have, he would have dreams and visions the night before. And as he was going through the forest, whatever terrain they're going through, the spirits would tell him where the ambush was going to take place. And so the whole squad knew, okay, this guy goes, we're going to follow, <laughs> we're going to follow what you say. And he goes, Oh, I'll stop here. There's going to be an ambush. And then they'd outflank the ambush. And, um, so evidently the spirit world did not want him dead in world war two. And he, and then lastly, even had a vision where he knew what house he's going to live in when he got back to England, he could see the whole vision of the house. And of course he ended there and later they immigrated to uh, United States. It's funny because, um, he said he did not go back to Poland because he had friends of his who were, you know, soldiers that got through the war and they were healthy as mules. And when they got back to Poland, somehow they'd all die of heart attacks. Of course, that was a communist wanting anybody who had a taste of freedom killed them. That's communism for you. So he said, no, I'm, I'm not putting up with that. But then he uh, immigrated to the United States. And of course, that's where my friend was born. So you never know what, what people have experienced. And, uh, I believe that most of us have some some inexplicable happenstance or synchronicity, you may want to call it, that 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 makes us pique our interest. Now, many of us probably just like okay, just drop it after a while, but then maybe something else will come up, and so that it's that is not explained by our all-knowing science, which of course any scientist will tell you we you know. There's more that we don't know than what we know. And, and, you know, when you look at it and you talk about spirits, you talk about the spirit world, the ancients, like in Egypt and so forth, they knew a lot more than we did as far as uh, spirit science, so to say, right? They understood that druids understood a lot of this stuff, right? They talked about that yesterday. So there's a lot more to it. That's why uh, spiritism has been so interesting because it's if you read other religious texts right the bible and uh hindu texts and uh, buddhist texts it's wonderful wonderful stuff it's really how to improve yourself and and become a better person and a lot of that but spiritism stands out in fact it it kind of gives you a concrete uh a concrete feel for what's on the other side and what's driving us and why we're here it's it's like it's like the difference of of seeing a rough map with like some squiggly lines, which is a river, and some some triangles, which are mountains, and this is where you, you're supposed to go. Versus seeing uh, a real like a Google map saying, "Oh, okay, this this is the route you go. This is where where you are." That's the difference between I believe Spiritism, which is a doctrine, and these other places that tell us what is waiting for us on the other side. Spiritism really gives us meat to catch on to and go, oh, okay, I understand that. Because, you know, with spiritism, I'm telling you, the reincarnation and karma, every action has a reaction. And you find out why your life is like it is. Why, why, you know, I say this many times, why do good people experience horrible times and bad people sometimes get lucky and are rich and, uh, you know, all that? Well, it's all about karma, what you did in your past life, and it's all about trials and tribulations and the choices you make. And why do we have to go through all that? Why do we have to go through this 
problem. Can't God make us perfect? The answer is no. You make yourself perfect through your own free will. And you're not allowed to, to uh, rise in heaven until you have your self-discipline and you reform your personality and your character to take out all your primitive emotions and replace those with advanced emotions of love, charity, fraternity, and honesty, right? And I'm sure more than that. So the answer is, yes, encourage others. Do it subtly if you want, or more explicitly. It, you are the best judge of how you should do it. Now, for a lot of people who I've been talking to, I, I would recommend, especially in the English-speaking world, there's not that many places with spiritist meetings, is if you're in a town or city where, like, oh, I'm the only one, go advertise in the library or wherever you think is best, a supermarket board, for a spiritist study group and get a couple of you there and start, and then it will it grow because, uh, you know, when when I'm in Brazil, I can go to a lot of uh, spiritist uh uh, centers, but in the uh, United States and England and other parts of the, of, the, of the globe, it's much more difficult. So start your own group. Uh, the spirits will, will provide people who come and visit you. Okay, I got a question. Okay, this is, uh, I watched Kardec on your rec recommendation, great biopic, although not as enlightening as No Solar. I totally agree. You know, it seems like you've seen No Solar. No Solar is revelatory. And um, it's just like, I'd never seen a movie make the feel of a book better than No Solar. But Kardec is still, um, it's still interesting to see how he did that. Uh, how, Car how Kardec was, you know, a school teacher. How he, uh, you know, didn't really believe in this nonsense as he called it you know this table tapping it was like a, a big deal brought in by the fox sisters back in 1850s by in america it came across the uh, the atlantic and it became like a parlor entertainment but then when alan kardec was at the table things got serious eventually the spirit said no nah, you're here for a reason you're gonna write a book and he actually ended up Quite a few books, and and he was in the scientific method. He wanted to explore well, what was this phenomena. You know, it's a it's a good pick. It's on again. It's on um, Netflix. So, if you have Netflix, uh, please please watch it because it does give you the headwaters. He, he even went through the part where the Catholic Church burned his books. He was quite advanced. And the movie didn't bring this out, but he was quite advanced as some of the things in the Spirits book. And this book was codified in the 1850s, where they said that um, you can come back as a man or a woman, right? You can come back either sex. And they go, what's marriage? Well, marriage between two spirits. Now we know what that means, right? And then he, then they also said, well, what about divorce? And the Spirit said, no, that's your law. That's not our law. Why would we want people who have a horrible time to stay together, right? And so in 1850s, whoa, that was heresy. And the church did not like that at all. And that's probably one of the reasons the Catholic Church burned the books. Of course, the Catholic Church did not like anything from talking to spirits because the organized religions always say, don't talk to spirits, you only talk to demons. 
my opinion is, what about all the prophets in the world? They talk to spirits. Oh, but that's why the important thing is, and especially if you're interested in, in this, is to um, read the medium's book. If you're interested in communicating with spirits, and this is where the organized religion has a great point. You can be fooled because they'll give you fake names and they'll misdirect you and talk really nice for maybe quite a few sessions. But the medium's book will tell you over time by their conversation, you will know the level of the spirit. And so be, be very wary of what you're doing. And that's why in spiritist centers in the, uh, in Brazil, they'll, they'll, you'll all take like classes for a year and, and kind of get to the same spiritual level because why do they do that? Because spirits communicate with a medium, a human medium on the level that's close to theirs, right? A high spirit's not going to talk to someone who does the, you know, the gypsy reading in, in the, on the street corner that, that they're not going to do that. They'll talk to, you know, if they charge you money, again, if a medium charges you money for their service, then they're not that high of a, in a spiritual state and they'll talk to lower spirits. So they are correct to be careful. On the other hand, they, you know, hopefully I've had mediums, quite a few mediums and they're now they're interested and they knew that, in fact, this one medium talked to me and said, yeah, you know, my people wanted me at their channel meetings, but I said, well, do you know who you're talking to? And they did. They said, well, you shouldn't ask that question. And I said, and of course they should ask that question. Who are you? What, what type of person are you talking to? How advanced is that person? And as Alan Kardec has said, you don't become a all knowing saint when you pass over, you are who you were. If you're a criminal in the pickpocket, well, you're still a criminal in the pickpocket when, when you pass over into heaven, uh, not into the other side, I'd say, not in the heaven. You're not going to pass to heaven. You'll go into the lower zone, which is on the surface of the earth up to the lower level of, of the heavenly boundaries. Or you'll, if you're really a, a person who's done not good things and have a bad attitude and character, you'll go down to the dark abyss, which is kind of the purgatory, which you are down in lower and lower, and it won't be a pleasant experience for you. Okay. Uh, are there any other questions? I'll carry on if not. Let me uh, bring this one up so you can see it better. Now, this one is interesting is question number four that, that she wrote me. I have watched videos of children who develop schizophrenia at a very early age. Why would that happen? A child has very little chance to progress, or do they, and how? And that's very sad, right? And we see a lot of sad things. We see children dying young. And let me give you an example of that first. So a lot of times when someone dies in a very harsh manner let's say like a suicide or something it and of course when you when you do that you interrupt your life plan and you leave earlier than you should and you hurt your paraspirit now let me go through what a paraspirit is let me hide this so i want to make sure i, I there 
So your paraspirit has connected your spirit and your paraspirit takes and molds itself and connects itself to every cell of your body. But when you really harm your body, not part of the plan, right? Your paraspirit gets, it gets also wounded, so to speak. It gets disorganized. And sometimes a, a, a spirit needs to come back and just spend a very short time on earth for the paraspirit to, to get that model of a human body, to get that re-straightened out. And as an example, I talked to this one lady and she said her, her son died early. Why, why did this tragedy help happen? I should say. And I told her that I go, well, um, and I told her that I said, well, was there something fundamentally that you found that there was a, a, a cause for the early death? And she goes, well, uh, yeah, I wonder why you asked that because there was, we found like a heart defect, but we didn't catch it fast enough. Or actually we thought we caught it fast enough. We repaired it and then he still died. I go, well, it's, it's probably planned because that, that, uh, son of yours needed probably to come back temporarily but that that means that it's in order to repair their body but that doesn't mean they're not going to come back again and then she says well you know my uh my father-in-law had a dream where he talked to talked to my son and said he says don't worry everything's you know everything happened according to the plan and it's all good right i just paraphrased and, and she goes, oh, I said, well, the spirits are trying to tell you. You must, you know, you must be a very good person. They're trying to make you feel better. She goes, and then I had a, a dream where I met my son. He was like 17 years old, I just, but I knew it was my son. And he said he was going to come back. And whatever. he just said, everything's fine. I go, well, again, another example. I go, you are so lucky. And she goes, then my, my uh, mother-in-law had a dream. Or he said I was going to have another baby. My son was going to be given back to me. I said, you've been told in every other way possible to remain calm, be positive. Your son's in good shape and he's coming back. And I believe that with all my heart. But she's, you know, she, she wanted absolute proof. And I said, you're not going to get absolute proof. Not in the way we say proof in our our current materialistic world but you i said you have been helped and notified and guided and uh, and you know they're taking your best interests and hearts as much as they could by giving you all these other people within your family the news that your son is fine and he'll come back now another thing uh a a priest who was a medium a very great priest this is back i think in the 1400s if i remember and he could see spirits and he was walking along the ocean and he could see down you know a mile or probably half a mile and he saw this woman throw something in, into the water and of course at that time it, the way the size of the bundle he thought it was a baby so then he started walking towards that so he could see what was going on, right? He got to the point where the lady threw the baby into the water. And then he saw a spirit, this man, walk out of the water. 
and the priest says to the spirit, he goes, oh, I'm so sorry what happened to you. He goes, oh, he goes, I am so tired of this. He goes, this punishment is going to last forever. He goes, what happened? He goes, well, I was a pirate. And when I took over ships, I, you know, I took the men and women. I could sell them or hold them for ransom. But the kids, I didn't want them around. So I just threw them in the ocean. I killed them. I threw them in the ocean. So now I am condemned to be thrown into the ocean. And he's probably had that done repeatedly to him. So, so here is a perfect example of an innocent young, as we would see it, an innocent young child who seemingly is punished at a very early age. And again, so in even the spirits books will say, don't think the children, some children are as innocent as you think they are. And so these children who develop schizophrenia, which is, you know, rare, thank, thank heavens, they have uh, obsessing spirits really going after them at a very early age. And that's very unfortunate, but they must have done something that got spirits extremely angry. They must have done something terrible to those people because they attacked them at an early age. And usually they're not allowed to. Usually they're a guardian angel because the guardian angel will stay with the child all the time, at, you know, uh, until they're seven. Then they, they'll, they'll stay in touch, but they won't be, you know, physically with you all the time. But so these must be, unfortunately, special as in unfortunate cases where uh, spirits were bent on revenge. Now, when I say this, uh, obsessing, always go to your doctor or psychologist. And, you know, there's, there's medication that can help and so on and so forth. But it must have been that the... And, Spirits will try to obsess you for if, in order for them to get revenge for what you've done to them in the past. There are spiritist hospitals in psychiatric hospitals in Brazil where they will go through all the regular regimen of psychoanalysis and medication if that's, if that's uh, pertinent to that case. But they'll also have mediums meetings where they will find out who, if any, who is bothering this person and why? And then what they'll try to do is they will try and reason with the spirits and say, look, we understand what you're doing. And then they'll usually say what that person did in a previous life. And they go, yes, we understand that. But you've got to let Jesus Christ and the spirit world, they will figure out there is a, such a thing as karma. They will figure out the trials and tribulations this person must go through for them to learn from that. The fact that you are using all your time obsessing and trying to punish that person, it just means that you are denying yourself the gift of rising, that you are actually hurting yourself more than you're hurting this other person. Now, some people, some people will uh, react to that, some spiritual, and some will not. As an example, uh, these parents came up to Chico Xavier. He was in line receiving people. And this was written by a person that was helping Chico, standing right next to him. And the parents said, Chico, can you help us? Our, our daughter is schizophrenic. She's going through horrible, horrible uh, bouts of it. And Chico said, go help, 
go help somebody. Go help anybody you can. And so the parents came back a year later and said, Chico, our daughter's all better. And so this guy, and he was there at the same time. And the guy said, and then he afterwards, he, he said, Chico, how did their daughter get better? She goes, well, they went. And Chico knew everything. I mean, this guy's just a fantastic medium. They went to a prison, and they helped the prisoners. It was a male prison. They helped them. They helped read to them, talked about spirits with them. They, you know, helped them with food, anything they could. The mothers of the prisoners, the mothers in the spirit world, who were watching over their sons incarcerated, saw what wonderful people were helping their sons. They go, okay, well, let's follow them home. Let's follow these people home, see what they're doing at home. They went to their house, these mother spirits, and saw these spirits obsessing their daughter. And they said, why are you obsessing her? These parents are wonderful wonderful to our children incarcerated in prison please stop and they they did they respected the other spirits and they they stopped obsessing this daughter for you know who knows what she had done in a past life therefore her daughter was better and there's other parts where uh, a young woman was you know prayed and meditated and she was able to really kind of fight off these spirits that were trying to obsess her. Some can't, right? Some they'll need to have other spirits in the spirit world assist them because the attacks can be uh, can be quite potent. And many times what they'll try to do is, is make you so you commit suicide and that's your punishment. So then they can, you know, take you wherever they want you to in the in the lower zone. So it's very, very sad. And so it, for these young children who you just heart goes out to there's always a backstory and the important thing to remember is there's no such thing as yet and i know this is a hard concept this is the spirit world isn't punishing it's educating it may seem like punishment to us because we have our own little our own little view right and our view is, oh, if I'm in, you know, if I, if I don't like what's happening to me, it's punishment. It's just like a, a five-year-old who, you know, wrote on the walls or ran out into the street or did something like that, and you either slapped their hand or you put them in a corner, right? And then they scream and they tell you that you're like the most horrible parent in the world, and it's the end of the end of the world for those. Cute, cute little kids, right? But you know that what you did, you know, especially running out in the street, you're trying to save their life, right? You, if if you tried to talk to them and they're still ignoring you, well, you had to do something a little bit more drastic because otherwise they could they could die. It's for their own good. Well, it's the same thing for us. Is that you know, if we're if we're not going to get if we go through a trial and we ignore all the lessons that were given to us, we'll go through a harsher trial and it will be, you know, it will be take our attention even more than the last life that did, because, you know, we need to learn that lesson is maybe not to kill people, not maybe not to be a tyrant, maybe not to, you know, force people to do things just because we want, or we make a profit that we force them all to do whatever. So that is, um, those are lessons. 
and but now you can say of these poor children that have schizophrenia or, or other problems again that's gonna be a, a poor lesson that's a hard lesson now when that child uh either grows up or, or or passes away they'll understand what happened to them but they will be led on a path somehow of getting rid of that and growing past it it may take more than one life but it, they will be in much better shape at certain time in the future but to us to us the world looks cruel and mean and inequitable and all those things but it's designed to be that so we're a planet of atonement we're a planet what's a atonement what does that mean it means we have to pay for our past wrongs and we have to learn from our past wrongs and therefore you where you're born the, the culture the country the class level the wealth level is all for a reason you weren't placed in your family by accident. It wasn't a genetic accident that you are. You had the parents and the brothers and sisters of where you are. No, it's all done for a purpose. And so think about that. And if you were in one of the levels of heaven, you actually contributed to planning out your trials and tribulations, your blueprint for your life and what you physically look like. Because if you're one of those people, you're probably a pretty you know, a decent person. You probably did take part in the planning. And there was this, a story of this one woman in, in the reincarnation planning, and they actually talked about it, I believe, in The Messengers. I forget, one of the second or third books by uh, in the series by Henri Louise, psychographed by Chico Xavier. And she was looking at her body, and she goes, ah, no, 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 you're making me too pretty. Stop, you know, I'm... I'm on earth to learn lessons. I'm not on earth to have a harder life because I'm too pretty. Because she knew by being a beautiful woman, she'd have people jealous of her for uh, as one side of the coin. And then she'd be given opportunities that she didn't really earn. And she'd have a way of being too lazy, right, to get what she wanted on the other side of the coin. And she goes, no, that's, that's not what I want. So, you know, for people out there, if you're dissatisfied with your body, you probably on purpose said, nah, I don't want to be this beautiful or handsome, charismatic person because I will take advantage of it and it'll get me in too much trouble. So know that, right? If you're unsatisfied with yourself, know why you're unsatisfied by yourself. I talked to, as an example, I talked to this young man and he, he says, well, you know, I've been looking at spiritism and looking at all these different religions and trying to explore what's going on. Because, because you know, I'm, I'm kind of lonely. I don't really communicate well with people. And, you know, um, uh, it, you know, I'm very awkward socially. And, you know, I, I don't know if he was like borderline autistic or, or I can't remember exactly what he was. He goes, but, so, but I've turned my attention to the spirituality. And I said to him, I go, well, I said, there's probably a reason you were born with those certain limitations of what you believe you have. Because in some previous life, you were too clever by half. You took advantage of others by your cleverness and your probably your uh, superior intellect. And you completely ignored the spiritual side because you reap the material benefits and those are the best, right? That's, you know, pleasure and desires. What, what more can you want? Um, and so now you're concentrating on your spiritual side. Is that on purpose? 
there's probably a reason for that. And he goes, oh, yeah, that could be. So there's a reason. There's a reason for almost everything. I'm not going to say everything, but pretty close. That when you think how the spirit world has designed our trials and the blueprint of our life, and then also it intersects with, you know, who knows how many people, right? We always, you know, meet one person here, another person there, a, a person at a job who recommends us for another job or, or all, anything like this. These things are all planned out in the spirit world. It shows you how complex, how intellectually so superior and the the uh, competing power is beyond our imagination. That's why I talk a lot about this in my book, The Spirit Realm. Well, it's like this living, intelligent database that, that stores everything and knows and it stores all of our thoughts and analyzes everything. Everything, everything we do is, is recorded. It plans out our lives all for the purpose of helping us become a better, a perfected spirit. So, about the end of my time, um, and thank you. If there's any other questions, please ask them now. Otherwise, I, I will uh, end this. It's been wonderful. And uh, please come back Monday. Or, and also, if you, if you want to ask more questions in the comments section, if you're watching this not live, and I will try and answer them at a later date. God bless everyone.